It's Frank and Chipper, here we go. It's time for some real talk, let's start the show. We're bringing all things cannabis to you. Political, pregnancy, and race issues. Take control of your health and of your life. With Frank and Chipper, let's do it right. You're listening to Frank and Chipper. I'm your host, Kristen Reiswig. Today is the first episode of season two, and we are talking with Annie and Jordana of Mother's Mary. They were on my list of people I really wanted to be on the podcast, and so I was so excited when they said yes. Annie and Jordana are two mothers who challenge status quo in every aspect of motherhood, and they help other moms do the same and feel empowered and not have that guilt and shame of maybe being different or never feeling like you fit in. They have created an amazing online community with tools to help you feel less alone and also break molds and stigmas. You could say that these two ladies are a force to be reckoned with, and I really enjoyed my conversation with the two of them. Let's take a listen. Thank you so much for doing this. I am so excited. I don't know if you saw it, but I have this notebook that I write yes, all stuff in. And you guys were like one of the first, so that I wanted. I was like, I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think that what you guys are doing is absolutely amazing, and I'm just so excited to talk to you guys. <laughs> so, um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Awesome. Well, I'm Jordana, co founder of Mother's Mary. And I'm Annie, co-founder of Mother's Mary. And we're We're Mother's Mary. Mary. (laughs) We believe in challenging the status quo um, in every aspect of motherhood. And we really try to help moms who feel that they don't fit into society to be their true selves and live authentically without guilt and shame. Yeah, we really want to empower moms and support them and give them the tools to break the molds and stigmas of society and do that feeling guilt and shame free. Yeah. I think that's so important because I think as moms, we already put so much guilt and shame on ourselves about, Oh, we don't even do it ourselves. It's just already put on us just from like society. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for sure. Also just other moms judging other moms. And Mm -hmm. so one of, one of the questions that I do have for you is how do you build a network of mom friends that either are okay with it or do you you don't want to hide it Mm -hmm. well honestly i would rather not have any friends than to be in a group of people that i cannot be my true self with if i if my consuming cannabis bothers you and you know it's not something that you want to hang around with or it makes you uncomfortable i'm like that's really okay i will respect that and I'll respect it so much so that I like just won't be your friend anymore. And not because you're shaming me or not because like, I'll try to educate my friends and I'll try to like explain to them what I'm doing, but it's more important to me to live my life for myself than to live my life for others. So if people don't want to be friends with me because I consume cannabis and like, that's fantastic. You've done me a favor by weeding yourself out of my life. So no it really, yeah. And then finding cannabis consuming moms is literally like, that's how we met because of the group that um, currently exists. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie asked me out on like a mommy play date because she knew that I consumed cannabis and play dates with cannabis is just like the best. It's so just better. so, 
you know, like you're, you're not like, I'm personally a helicopter mom. I have chronic anxiety. I suffer from depressive episodes. I have PTSD. I have a traumatic childhood. You know, I've got issues. And so that comes out with motherhood. And so finding moms that, you know, will sesh with me and then we'll like go and play with our babies or just let the babies play and we're hanging out. Like that's, that's like where it's at. So what do you say to, to moms or, or to people who say, yeah, but you're intoxicated. You're intoxicated. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's hard because if, you, if you've never used cannabis, you're mm-hmm. speaking from other people's opinion of it or viewpoint of it. And so how do you help other moms understand who don't get it that like, I'm actually a better mom. I'm softer with my kids. I'm more patient. I'm, I, I have an amazing relationship with my teenagers. And I think it's because I started using cannabis and then it was just like, wow, these conversations, I'm open to having them. And, you know, I think softer is the, I was listening to your live this morning and the why campaign, which we'll talk about that because I'm excited about that. But, you know, why as moms do we do it? And one of the main reasons is because I don't want to feel like punching my children in the face at all times. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Rage, like maternal rage is a real, it's a real thing. I understand why they eat their young. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What really, like, I think you kind of touched on some of the things that we are, like, we try to empower moms to do is really to be very clear on their why, because if you're clear on why you're using cannabis and use it with intention, and you know that it's, you know, perhaps better than pharmaceuticals or alcohol, you know, a lot of moms are drinking, like, a lot every night to go to bed and to de-stress, and, you know, when you realize these positive impacts impacts on your life, it's sort of easier to absorb, and that's when some of the shame and the guilt gets let go, so that's really important, and it allows you to stand more like confidently around other people who aren't mm-hmm. so pro cannabis right mm-hmm. who think just the stigmatizing things and so with us being you know mostly education based once you're really strong in that why and then you know you take in information and education and you find out that there's research that you know going back to the 90s really in terms of medicinal cannabis like that's that's a long time right i mean even before that there's historical evidence going back like before christ so once yeah. once you're like stand really strongly in your why you can also share that information and that education and that helps because like we definitely don't hang out with people who don't smoke cannabis, but in terms of like family, I'm not as quick. I wouldn't say it Yeah, I definitely do. No, I do. But like with friends, like I won't, I I personally don't make any like new friends unless they're like, not new friends. Yeah. But like, that's what I mean. I know the the people from Yeah. That's where I was going about the people that we can't so easily come out in our life. Are like newcomers. Like it's not happening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you yeah. either accept it or you don't. Like yeah. I don't have time to bullshit around. <laughs> but this is who I am, you know. Like it's right. either you're gonna accept Jordana for Jordana, yeah. and all that comes with it, which is super opinionated and purple hair and singing and animated and smokes a lot of pot. Like that's I want to touch on the pot part. I said that for a reason, mm-hmm. you know. Um, there's all of these things that come into play with it, but I think that. Being informed, like Annie said, having the knowledge of the history, having the knowledge of the science, understanding that human beings and animals have 
endocannabinoid system. So we are literally, literally built with a system that is meant to ingest hemp, cannabis, CBD, whatever. It doesn't have to be all of them, but we're supposed to because we have a system that, that takes it in. Yeah, but you can find the terpene of pepper in cannabis strains, you know, just like in lavender and chamomile and lemon and like in all of our natural foods that we have from the planet, there are elements of those things inside cannabis, which helps to make up the wellness tool aspect of it. But it's really important to understand that, you know, like you're saying, we won't really accept new people into our lives who are not accepting, but we do have family members and friends from our past who still don't consume cannabis or who still don't agree with it. Like my in-laws are not a hundred percent on board. They don't fully understand no matter how much I educate, no matter how much I talk about, no matter how much I sit there at the table explaining, you know, the endocannabinoid system and terpenes and the breakdown and CB receptor. Like some people, it just, it's 70 years of prohibition that we're fighting against. So we're breaking down a lot of walls, but the most important thing is to have the education and to have the proper terminology. That is what breaks down stigmas. Yes. Sitting here and saying, we're moms, we smoke weed. Yeah. We like to get high. Like that is the polar opposite of what we're doing. We're, we're moms. We yeah. use cannabis to medicate instead of pharmaceuticals. We use it as a wellness tool. We like the feeling of elevation. We like the feeling of calmness. We like to be relaxed. Yeah, and I always struggle with what to call it because I, I hate saying hi. Hi, elevated, lifted. Hi, I'm like recreationally using it or therapeutically. You know, there's like three different ways to consume cannabis. There's the medical way, the therapeutic way, and the recreational way therapeutic is, you know, like really just sort of understanding that, okay, I'm going to go participate in yoga, or I'm going to go work out, or I'm going to go journal, or I'm going to go write, or I'm going to go write music, or I'm going to go do something, I'm going to go cook, I'm going to go play with my kids. You know, knowing that you're consuming your cannabis before specific activity, that is therapeutic use. Having intent is so important. Correct. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, I think when people hear that you are medically using it, they just think, oh, they're just getting high. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> One of the side effects of cannabis. Yeah, for us, it's a trade-off. We always yeah. joke. We're like, it's definitely a side effect, short-term memory loss, but for me, it's better than the, all the other side effects that the antidepressants and the sleeping pills were giving me. So yeah. I'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, my 14-year-old, she was like, mom, your eyes are so red. And I was just like, I know, I hate the side effect of the medicine. Like talking about it as medicine. So we just got, my son has, my 18-year-old, he has OCD and Tourette's. He's been medicating and we went and got his medical card uh, just a couple weeks ago. And I am really trying to help him understand like, you need to treat this like medicine. You need to keep yeah. it up in a way like medicine. You need to mm-hmm. um, dose like medicine, you know. That's it. Where <laughs> yeah. are you located though? We're in Colorado. Colorado. So I find it incredibly interesting that Colorado will medically prescribe an 18-year-old cannabis because there is so much, again, misinformation and stigma 
surrounding brain development and kids using cannabis. And then here I am on, on, you know, the advocacy and the like realistic and logical side of things where I'm like, if I could use it during pregnancy and my kids came out, okay, if kids with epilepsy, cancer, and other illnesses can use it and still develop. Okay. Like, yes, I do think that there are tendencies to increase you know, like maybe symptoms of schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or depression, if right. cannabis, again, is not being used properly with the proper tools, with the proper guidance, with the proper knowledge and education, I think it can have a harmful impact on the brain, like developing brain. But I think it's incredibly shocking that you just said that your 18-year-old was prescribed cannabis for mental illness. Like, that's just like a stigma and a barrier I did not think I was going to learn today. So I'm like, holy... Wow. You don't feel the same way? I mean, I've like been seeing like more and more like pediatric cannabis use coming up. So I just really, yeah, I think it's amazing that yeah. it's turning to, I think that like there's a lot of moms who are waking up and realizing that they don't want to be medicating their kids and, you know, putting pills like on them from very young age. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah just like, I'm sorry, she's a mom or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, great, here's another one. You know? I know. And I don't know what the laws are like in Canada. Is that legal? We would be completely taken away from our kids if we did that. Like, our kids would not be in our home if we were giving them cannabis. That's the one thing I know for a fact. Yeah, here it's like, it's, here it's the, you have to absolutely have a medical prescription to give cannabis, even just CBD, that's just like, it really sucks. Like CBD, mm-hmm. you can't go buy it at like the SQDC, the SQDC which is the licensed like a, the dispensary, like the legal ones here. You can't buy the CBD there and give it to your kids, it's illegal. Um, so it's yeah. like alcohol, right? Yeah. It's the same category. Yeah. So it, it's, mm-hmm. and what's more messed up is that Canada's legal age for cannabis consumption is 18. But we live in Quebec, so it's really, it's a whole other mentality. It's just like a, so it's just husband, a mess here. I'm sorry, I'm really used to swearing a lot, and I oh. promised myself I wouldn't drop any F-bombs. Oh, you can swear as much as you want. <laughs> I was going to say that Quebec is a clusterfuck of shit, and um, the laws are really backwards. They actually, so it's federally legal here, but we, not we, the, the provincial laws in Quebec are now the age of legal consumption for cannabis is 21, mm-hmm. but cigarettes, alcohol, and lottery is all 18. Yeah. But Just cannabis is 21. Yeah. And but you're not allowed to smoke in public. Yeah. Like the irony on that whole alcohol bit is yeah. that we're the, like one of the youngest provinces, like in Ontario, it's you 19. can't drink till 19. Yeah. And then, and the then here, is 21. yeah, it's 21. So it's so funny because we have the youngest alcohol laws and the highest cannabis laws. Yeah. It's really terrible. And it's just a big dilemma yeah. because of brain development and all. But when I think back to, you know, my like teenage years and my early like, t- like adulthood, um, I definitely got myself in worse situations and made worse mistakes because With of alcohol. alcohol. Oh, God, like yeah. I, I, I've oh. loved cannabis since I discovered it and yeah. I would like doing it more at parties I would like go to like the smoking section instead of the drinking section because I just quickly especially like in university and um when I was president of my sorority I couldn't be like sloshed and like not like you know like like I just doing bad things like it was not a good look so I would go smoke so that I would be all there and I would take care of all the drunk sisters and yeah I just really like realized quickly so with my kids it's going to be hard to to say do I encourage not that I would encourage but do I like encourage cannabis use over alcohol because I know they're doing one or the other, you know? 
So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would encourage it more than yeah. alcohol for sure. And and really, it was to the point where we knew that they were doing it anyway. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. and I'm yeah. like, okay, let's then. I'm going to teach you how to use it right. Well, that's it. Yeah. And Even before I became a mom, I was always like that. If my kids are going to do drugs, let's do it together first. You know, like I've done almost every drug. Like, let's just like hang out and get wrecked. But I don't feel that way now about hard drugs. Let's just be clear. This was before becoming a mom, you know, and I still have that same mentality. Like my kids are four and two and a half. They know mommy's medicine. They watch mommy prepare medicine. They watch mommy go outside to, you know, sometimes I smoke in the house and, They'll make me a lingering smell that just wafts through the air. They, they, they look at my grow. They talk to the plants. They know. They're very aware of what this is. And then they're the first of their generation, honestly. And, like, you know, it's, it's really – it's incredible. It's incredible that you're leading, like, you know, as, like, I say this every day, like, we're moms. We're parents. It's our responsibility mm-hmm. to teach our kids – and have these conversations and to do the things that make us uncomfortable and do the things that our parents didn't do with us. We have to, if not, we're going to continue raising, you know, insecure girls and boys who rape and, you know, it's just nothing is ever going to change. And parents need to take responsibility. Parents need to like wake up and realize, you know, even if your kids are already 14, 16, 21, 32, you might have fucked up some of the things, you know, while, because you didn't know better, but it's yeah. never too late to go back and to take accountability and to sit your children down and to explain to them, you know, mommy didn't have this information back then. Mommy, yeah. like I explained to my four-year-old when I yell at him, you know, I feel horrible about it. And I just, I go and I explain to him, mommy is really, really sorry because mommy grew up with a mommy who only yelled at me. We didn't know how to sit down and communicate. We couldn't have conversations. You know, mommy always got yelled at. So that's how I know how to communicate. And it's, that's breaking the, sti- the stigma and the cycle and the, the negative patterns of our history. And the only way to do that is to get our heads out of our asses and just yeah. like put our ego aside and think that our kids are going to outlive us. God willing, goddess willing, and like universe willing, like they outlive us. And when we are not around, what is the message that they're putting forth? How are they living their lives? How are they contributing to society? Yeah. Yeah. And cannabis was really like the key that like, like opens like all of these like different perceptions. Right. Right. I was going to say stuff. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to have these conversations over a glass of wine. I'm sorry. And it's not to shame anyone who uses alcohol. It's just that it's literally a proven fact that human beings also have a penile gland and there are certain substances in our society that we consume on a day-to-day that blocks your penile gland and actually calcifies it. Whereas cannabis and, and psilocybin and other natural plant-based um, components out there in the world um, enhance your penile gland and allow you to become more in tune with yourself. And something else that's really important to note that I've also been talking about lately is this whole perception of cannabis that makes you paranoid. There's no paranoia. Okay, that's a scare, fear-mongering tactic. It's self-awareness. It's intuitiveness. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're not... It's the feeling. People are... Yeah, it's a feeling. Yeah. Correct. And you're like, but oh my gosh, I don't know negative. what to do with myself. Right. But if it's negative and you're like, they're coming to get me and, oh, this person doesn't like me or, oh, you know, it's because you're doing shady shit in your life and because you're actually hanging around people, they're not good for you. Right. So like, it's for not sure. paranoia, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's real life. So yeah. that's like really important to know as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
education 101. Right. No, but the education part is so important. I mean, I didn't start using, I'm 41. I didn't start using cannabis until like five years ago. And then I just started to use it medicinally like six months ago for like anxiety, depression. And um, this is the first year I haven't had seasonal depression. And I actually enjoyed the holidays. And, you know, I mean, wow. Yeah. (laughs) It's amazing. But I'm the type of person that wants to educate themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't think other people are unless they're like, spoon fed it you know? right yeah. right not- i think that's also the um, the what we've like come to realize in terms of like making such big perception changes and shifting completely like, your mindset you kind of almost have to hit like rock bottom to like want it and need it and have the drive to do it you know like if you're com- like comfortable and content in your life the way things are why would you question everything that you know it's working for you when you have depression when you have postpartum depression and you start questioning everything you know mm-hmm. and you start seeing all the holes in the system mm-hmm. and the cracks in the foundations that's when you have the motivation to take that big overhaul and change your whole life and yeah. mentality you know and that's where we come in with our membership coaching program because it's not easy to you know use cannabis as a mom with all the shame and all the stuff that comes with it it's not easy to understand that, oh shit, there's all of these things like Annie just mentioned going on now that I'm privy to this information. How do I accept it? How do I understand it? How do I implement it into my life? So we literally created a coaching program based on our own personal experiences with postpartum depression and cannabis use and all the things that I just talked about with like understanding, accepting, and implementing. I'm missing one. Awakening. Awakening. That's the first the key yeah. awakening. The key light, right? Everything is fun. Yeah. Oh, shit. What? Where do I go? We live in a patriarchal society. What? I've been changing my legs for assholes because they think it's sexy, not because I have to. Yeah. What? Like becoming a mom, like yeah. all those things just like hit yeah. you in the face. You That's know? it. So our program yeah. is designed. So awakening understanding, accepting, and implementing. And that's our coaching program. And we help moms go through each phase and come out the side out of the end, like even better. And like, now you're even more ready to advocate for your own health, your own self-care, your own self-love. You're leading by example. You're making a difference in your marriages and your, in your marriages, how many marriages <laughs> do you have? In your marriage, with your children, with your friends, as a parent, as a human. Yeah. You know, it's just like overall well-being. And so yeah. I'm yeah. really excited about it. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. What is Apollo? So Apollo is a Canadian cannabis research clinic owned by Canopy Growth. And they provide free medical access to people who are looking for cannabis treatments. Mm -hmm. So we have a partnership with them. So anytime anyone signs up other under mothersmary.com slash access, um, you help support our business because we do get a fee and you get free access. It costs nothing on your end. You go and you're able to make an appointment on your phone and it's just like a virtual um, appointment, just like this interview is. And um, they set you up, you can choose from a list of different licensed producers, which are the legal dispensaries for medical cannabis. And if you make a certain amount of money, you can get compassion pricing. Like there's all these little things to being a medical patient, Um, but it's super quick and easy and it's free. 
And it's been a dream for us since we started our business over a year and a half ago to be able to provide members with free medical access in Canada. Mm -hmm. So we've checked that off our bucket list and we are really proud to continue offering this to our community and to their family members and their friends as well. Yeah, yeah. I would like to add to that, that because before, um, in the past couple of years, and mm -hmm. especially pre-legalization, like access wasn't easy to come by because GPs and our regular doctors aren't prescribing. And so what was happening is these private clinics were popping up, but they were charging and they were charging hundreds, hundreds of dollars. So like two to like $500 to get mm -hmm. a prescription. And that was really the only option that people had if your yeah. GP wasn't um, you know, open to that. And so that's it. These clinics that have taken it on for free that are working mm -hmm. with provincial um, reimbursement and such is really making a mm -hmm. huge impact on access. And they also have a pediatric specialist as well. Yeah. So that's really amazing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. really cool. And it's, yeah. it's not only available to women, but it's available to everybody in Canada. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we'll yeah. put the link to that, um, in the Frank and Chipper on frankandchipper.com. So yeah. underneath this episode so that can... oh awesome thank you yeah do you now have general practitioners that are prescribing no oh, okay yes I mean, yes yeah, yes can. my psychiatrist did yeah i found my psychiatrist at the er because of my um postpartum depression it gave me um like homicidal sorry it's really hard to talk about fuck um homicidal ideations about my kids so I had to go to the ER yeah. and uh, the psychiatrist that was on call that day, um, it, it was just like kind of like divine intervention. And I sat there in his office, like super scared and super like alone. My, my daughter, my kids were not allowed to obviously be with me at the ER. My clothes were taken away from me. They isolated me. They made me feel like I was a threat to myself, my, a threat to other people. The whole way that I was treated was just entirely traumatic. And I sat there and I looked at him straight in the face and I was like, I like, I'm, I'm having a really hard time. I want to kill myself and like, I want to kill my kids. And cannabis has been the only thing that's really been helping me, but I don't have medical access to it. So I can't optimize the treatment as much as I could. And I don't know what to do. And he was just like, I was looking, I don't want my kids taken away from me. And I don't like, I, you know, and I got scared and he said to me, I will give you your prescription. Like I can do that for you. And my life, like it changed, even like it changed the first time I used cannabis at 27 and then it changed again for that time. So cannabis has literally come and saved my life, not once, but twice because consuming cannabis oil is a major game changer. It's, it's, it's a way more efficient, way more beneficial way to consume cannabis, especially for severe depression and severe anxiety and PTSD. Um, the effects last much, much longer and it's just way better. It's, it's, you know, smoking, I love smoking joints. Like I love my joints. I love them, but they smell and they burn and then they're gone. And with oil and edibles and vaping and all these other methods of consumption, you can really just optimize the benefits and your health. So I was able to do that with my psychiatrist and then the same psychiatrist um, also a year later to that day helped me to get off of the pharmaceuticals that I had been on. He actually told me that the reason my postpartum depression was as severe as it was, was because the effects were that I had been taking for the years prior yeah. were, it was just like not working for me anymore. So I kept taking these pills every day, but I was immune to it. Yeah. 
So, and then I had to come off of Effexor, which was like a battle in itself that came with brain zaps, nausea, migraines. What's the um, first thing that you said? Brain zaps. Oh my gosh, because um, when I had to come off of my medication for pregnancy, it was felt zingy and like- Yeah, it's electrical yeah. shocks in your brain, my love. It's an uh, actual symptom of withdrawal. Yeah, it so was, think about what that does to your brain when it comes in, right? So the, the medication that is given to you for depression or anxiety, so antipsychotic, antidepressant, anti-anxiety, those chemicals are going into your brain to create chemicals that weren't there before and to make like new ones, right? So it's a new thing that's coming in and it's creating new connections in the brain. So when you're taking that out, you're literally like, you would literally go like, like that's how you would feel, like an electrical shock. Yeah. And it was so intense. I remember my husband was still working downtown. So it was my responsibility to do like daycare drop off and pick up. And it's an eight minute drive. I was crying. I, I was like, who can come with me to pick up my kids? Because I, I did not feel safe enough to drive going through my withdrawals. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I'm now completely pharmaceutical free. And I live every single day um, using CBD oil, cannabis. I journal, I work out, I eat healthy, I work on my shit. I'm not just like, I'm depressed and there's nothing I can do. No, like I'm depressed because I came from a fucked up environment. I'm depressed because A, B, and C. Yeah. So now I'm going to work on A, B, and C so that I don't have to live with debilitating illnesses that create unhealthy environments for my children to grow up in. My responsibility. Were you open to that before you started using cannabis though? Were you open to working? <laughs> no, cannabis was like a last resort. Like and I literally like, like antidepressants was the last resort. Like it was like, I'm going to kill myself or get me pills. So then we got me pills and then pills didn't work after seven years. So it's, I'm going to kill myself or do something more. And yeah. cannabis was like the thing that was like, Hey Jordan, I really think that this is going to help you give it a try. I inhaled the weed. I blew it out. My life has forever changed. Yeah. Yeah. For, I think yeah. For, for me, it's like really cannabis is like, it was the thing that kept me off of antidepressants because oh. like, so I started using cannabis way earlier. Like I was 16 at the time mm -hmm. and my 20s, I had two severe depressive episodes and I did not want to take antidepressants. I went to therapy instead and it was absolutely 100% because of cannabis, because cannabis made me open to it. Even though my whole family was like, therapy is stupid. Like, why are you going? It's a waste of time. And such and so yeah 100% that cannabis makes me open to doing the self-work and to getting in touch with myself and the self-awareness always been like very into the like personal development because I think I use cannabis throughout my whole 20s okay. yeah, and like that's what kept me off of pharmaceuticals it was doing the work I always say I'm on like version 3.0 of myself mm -hmm. because every single depression I had such awakening shift, yeah awakening shifts completely yeah. changed like my life and perception on everything you know and that's happened like three times now yeah it's like yeah. you keep peeling back layers of yourself. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so fun. It's not always easy. No. I'm like, fun? <laughs> Did you say the word fun? <laughs> yeah, it's not. This it's is the hardest shit I've ever done in my entire life. Yes, so. it is. But when you're but at really the end, be the purpose. Yeah. The, in, in hindsight, I guess, that's yeah. what's fun. And I think it's, I mean, aren't you guys loving what you're doing? You guys had to go through getting over your shame and your guilt to be where you're at and to be now presenting this to the world. The world you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. we wake up feeling blessed every single day. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, that was, it yeah. was such a big part of like postpartum depression coming out of it. It was really like real, like finding that life's purpose. Like I always like to say that, you know, cannabis, not cannabis, <laughs> postpartum depression brought me to like the deepest, darkest depths of my life. But it also gave me like the best thing, which is a purpose, which is helping other moms to like say fuck the status quo you know and help moms be their true selves because that it's like no one's ever done that I've never had that in my life i've always been like very judgmental family and people around me and so that's back to playing into mental illness you know yeah so yeah, yeah. we want to help save and change lives yeah right this isn't about getting high i think that no, no it's about wellness yeah and i i guess I'm thinking I'm being devil's advocate because for so long, that was my thinking. Same. For so long. Yeah. I judged so many people in my circle back in the day, in my early twenties for for smoking. There was this, my ex had a cousin who had severe back pain and he was the biggest pothead. And he came to all the family events. He would smoke before, smoke during, smoke after. We would go to like, the park at fire and watch fireworks with like the whole city and you can smell him because there he is smoking his weed and I would be like this is shameful there's children here he's so disrespectful go do this stuff like I was a fucking hater girl and and like that same boy gave me weed for my migraine and my TMJ (laughs) and it helped but I was still too scared and still wouldn't get into it so I didn't I honestly, like, I feel like if I could extend an apology to that person, I totally would today. Like, I really just, I've shamed some, like, some serious people in my life for using cannabis, and I really just want to be like, I wish I knew what you knew. Like, why didn't you try and sell me better? You know, I'm, like, almost angry. Like, I'm like, fuck, you know, like, why, like, why didn't you you tell me that this was the Yeah. And like, honestly, smoking weed was like, for me growing up, it was more of like a boy's thing to do. Like I did have friends who consumed cannabis, but it was definitely more of the guys, I think, that I knew that smoke. Yeah. So, there's like association, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say that I had that perception too. And I think that that's just another stigma that moms have mm-hmm. to over is that it is a guy's thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people don't try it and continue to judge it. For sure. Because they don't, they're not educated on even how to start, how to begin. Right. Yeah. But that's yeah. it. Like coming back to 70 years of prohibition, it's like still so many countries and states are dealing with prohibition. And even if, if it's legal here in Canada, it doesn't mean that it's not stigmatized. It doesn't mean that you can openly consume it and talk about it crying out loud we're not allowed to like our t-shirt um if you can see yep i'm gonna bring it up here um this is supposed to be a cannabis leaf but it's not a full one because that would not be legal for us to sell because in quebec you're not allowed to sell any products that have a cannabis leaf on it you're not allowed to promote it in any sort of lifestyle way and so why you know why? Because because we were the last province in Canada to allow women to vote, Kristen. That's why. Because we oh. also just put out a law saying that people who work in government positions are not allowed to wear a hijab or a cross or a Jewish star. We live in a fascist fucking province. That's why. Wow. Sorry. I get very upset. 
I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. We also have language police. Oh, yeah. That was we're the only place in the entire world where our tax money, we're the highest paying tax province in the world, and have some of our taxes go to a police force that is based on language laws. So if they find English in a business, you get a hefty fine. Yeah, because like the French, yeah. like French has to be bigger and more prominent, and it has French to be French is the like eighty yeah, percent of it, and English is like a footnote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it makes so we're not just fighting like cannabis stigmas. We're yeah, fighting so the women's laws. rights. We're fighting mental health rights. We're fighting cannabis laws. We're fighting like so many different things at once. Just doing what we're doing. Just yeah. being who we are. Yeah, well, yeah. guys, you're making me feel less alone as a United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah y'all got your shoes. I can't help you with that. I'm like, the world, the, the whole world is fucked, my love. The grass is not greener anywhere. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, what are, what do you think the biggest, I really wish my computer would stop dinging like that. Okay, I was like, is that us? Is that not our time? <laughs> okay. No, I think mine. I don't know. What do you think the biggest stigma is? in regards to like cannabis and then cannabis specifically moms who use? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest general like stigma is that cannabis makes people lazy and like unproductive. It just makes you slow and like unmotivated that like stoner sort of um, idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say that, that that's, that's one of the big, that's a big one. Yeah, and that you're like an addict. If you smoke cannabis every single day, then you're addicted. Like you're in the same category as like an alcoholic um, because you can't live your life without it. So <laughs> those I think are yeah. the two biggest ones. Yeah. And I have to say that's, it's interesting because we have both of that in, in our home. Like I'm, my husband does not consume cannabis. He's a functioning alcoholic and we talk about it. I call it out to his face. I'm like, you drink beer or wine almost daily. You are an alcoholic. There's no need for you to be consuming beer or alcohol every single day. Yeah. You know, he doesn't get drunk. Like, he'll have, like, one or two beers or a glass of wine, and he never gets drunk, yep. you know? Yeah. Um, he's very functional and very everything, but, and, and I smoke weed all day, every day. I, I mean, I can't tell you how much I wish that I can, like, convert him. Mm -hmm. I think alcohol has, like, a lot of long-term negative side effects. Yeah. You know, his eczema is probably one of them. <laughs> It's alcohol like it dehydrates like, you. It doesn't do anything doesn't beneficial do for positive. you. Right. Yeah. We've talked about all these ways that cannabis helps you, you know, be more yeah. self-aware and yeah. awake and all yeah. these things, you know. So yeah. But you were gonna adjust the cannabis to mom's stigmas. Like how are they different for moms? Oh yeah. Um it's just different for moms. That's it, because when when you're a mom and you use cannabis, you're really just looked at like a horrible, horrible mom. Like you like I've been told I don't deserve to have my children. I have no business being a mom, um, all of these things. And it's just, honestly, to people who are haters, I'm just like, continue hating. I'm like, it's, I'm not a crusader. I'm like, that's definitely not part of our gig. Um, I started out that way in the cannabis space before I met Annie, like when I first, first um, I got my medical prescription and I made my first post on Instagram and I started talking about it very openly. I was 100% a crusader and I was looking for people and trying to spread the good word, you know, on cannabis. And it just brought so much unneeded, unwanted, negative attention and drama and hate into my life 
that I realized like this is not actually what I want to be doing. I really just want to be supporting the moms and the people who are out there that are looking for answers, that are using cannabis, that do want to know about it and learn about it. That's where my attention and my energy is best spent. So honestly, for the people who like have shit to say about moms, like moms already have enough to deal with. Fuck off. If yeah. we're breastfeeding, bottle feeding, co-sleeping, car seat, rear facing, forward facing, snow jackets, like all of these things that we need to consider. Can you just do us a solid and fuck the fuck off? Okay, <laughs> let us smoke our weed and be happy. We're not affecting you in any negative way. If you don't like the smell, close your fucking windows, put a nose pin on your nose. I don't tell you not to drink. I don't tell you not to watch horrible TV shows that impact your life on a negative, you know what I mean? Just like mind your own business. I know. That's how I handle like moms like being stigmatized and like if people don't like what you're doing, change your people. Well, our we just moved into a new house and we are so close to we're like on top of each other. And we kind of look over the person um on the next street over their backyard and their deck. Mm-hmm. And because our deck is up high. And mm-hmm. I was out there smoking a joint this morning. And I should have just said, hey, you want to wake and bake with me? But I was so embarrassed. I was, I was just like, I would have oh, been God. like, good morning, tokes to you. Instead of saying cheers, I like to say tokes, <laughs> tokes to you, you know, just like, honestly, I find cannabis like makes me even more friendly. And like when I go out, I've always been this way, but I'm more, I'm like more enticed to be friendlier to people when I'm, when I'm medicated, you know, I am like, how are you doing? Have a great day. Right? You know? Yeah. I know. I know. So I'm still kind of getting out of that. I mean, he didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. It was my own. I was bringing it on myself. Yeah. Shame. Um, so that's it. Stop, like, don't look at your neighbor's backyard anymore. Just, yeah. like, put blinders on your face, and when you're having your joint, just know that it's only for you, and that it's for you to enjoy, for you to consume, and, like, screw the noise, Yeah, you know? come back to your why, like, some yeah. affirmation. Like, mm-hmm. I deserve this joint to make me feel better and take away this back pain. <laughs> yeah. Know? And then go out and light it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are those things that you use um, to light your joint? Can I show you? Can I like light my joint and show you? Yeah. I've been like staring at this joint for the last 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Disclaimer. My kids are not home and I smoke in my home. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, she's going to show you. It's it's hemp wick and basically it like tastes so much better. So I like discovered this and we told everybody about it because you know when you like we should, light, we should literally be making yeah we should because <laughs> like when you light with a lighter and you pull it in like you taste the like the butane. gasoline the butane yeah like it's super yeah. intense but then when you light it with this it doesn't taste as much so you really taste all of the terpenes and the flavor of the cannabis and it's it's really just amazing. a healthy it's like smoking yeah. is not healthy okay let's like let's not be silly yeah. it's yeah. not healthy however there are ways to optimize your smoking in the healthiest ways possible, such as using hemp papers, not white papers. If you're using white papers, it's bleached, it has chemicals, it's altering all of what you're doing. If you're using your straight up lighter, it's altering all of what you're doing. So there are ways to use, you know, like natural papers and hemp wick to enhance your experience and take out a lot of the outside noise from your, from your consumption. Do you use a hemp wick when you're doing a bong? 
Oh yeah. yeah like all anything. the time. Now yeah. I can't, ever since I discovered it, I cannot smoke without it. Like okay. I will go and search for yeah. it because that, I won't smoke. that lighter hit is just too like this. <laughs> it's like, it makes me gag. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a major game changer. Mm hmm yeah. Amazon, $14.99. Okay, cool. I'm going to be buying some of those. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Bandito, maker of premium face masks. Do you want things to go sideways? No. Do you want to look like a douchebag when it does? Definitely not. Bandito.co is here to help. Bandito makes sturdy, comfortable face masks that lower your chances of bringing a fucking pandemic home with you from the grocery store. We've created a genius expandable pleated design that is compact for your pocket or your purse, but perfect for almost any face. The long sturdy ties make it way more comfortable to wear than those stupid elastic ear bras. Plus, no more itchy fabric and no more sweaty plastic. So when it comes to caution, please, for the love of all that's holy, wear a face mask. And when it comes to buying face masks, choose Bandito. Face masks for the badass. Find them exclusively at bandito.co. That's B-A-N-D-I-T-O dot C-O. I posted last week, I think, I was like, am I packing my bowls wrong? <laughs> I saw that. And I got oh, no, you could. It's how you light it that makes the difference. Yeah. Just like your joint. So if you're torching your entire bowl, yes, you are using your bowls wrong. Mm -hmm. If you are only lighting, again, hemp wick is super like better for that. Yeah. If you're only yeah. lighting a small portion each time, then you're optimizing your cannabis. Like yeah. the same way, like about lighting your joints. If you're like torching the whole begin, like part of your joint, all that cannabis is charred. It's finished. You've just wasted it. Yeah. If you roast it and roasting, you could roast your bowls as well. So I'm going to show you what roasting is. So, oops, that was my finger. So um, you take you take it and you hold it or you would put it over your, your bong. And, but you would not put the joint directly to the flame. You would hold it close enough that you can bring the flame in okay. just by sucking in, right? Yeah. So like this. Okay. So you, you hover, you hover like over the flame. Yeah. Okay. That's roasting so that you're not scorching the entire bowl or tip of your joint. Sweet. Free tips from Jordana. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. I always love learning new things about. Right. Yeah. Like, I learned so much from that post. I was like, dang, y'all are professionals. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think like that's why like the education is such a big part for us because it really impacts confidence, you know? Like, yeah. When you feel like you know what you're talking about, yeah. you can stand up to all the questions and the hate and be like, actually, that's not right. That's yeah. not true. That's it, accurate. Really, yeah. it really makes a big difference, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. For sure. Yeah. The more educated you are, knowledge is power. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I hate that saying. And I'll tell you why. Because knowledge is not entirely power. It's implementing that gives you the power. Knowledge is just a part of it. I think in, in society, we've really come down to like one answers, like one fixed solution for everything. And that's not accurate. It's really combination is key. So like the same thing for like the medical system. If you combine Western 
method with Eastern, then you have like a more holistic and pharmaceutical approach. So it's the same thing, you know, it's just really understanding. You might know something, but just because you know something doesn't mean that you do it. doesn't mean that you're an example of it. doesn't mean that you embody it. You just know it. So what good is knowledge if you're not acting on it, if you're not implementing it and using your knowledge? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I didn't mean to just like school you or anything. No, I yeah. love that perspective. Knowledge though. is getting there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been on, better. I've been on some tangents lately. I've been on like my language tangents about girls and guys and how women call each other guys. And yeah, it's just like just uh, you know have to, again like having the knowledge, but then doing something with it. That's what creates change. And see, I always say, I, I always refer to everybody hey guys and yeah. my daughter she uh interned at teach for america this summer and she was the minority of the group of like mm -hmm. 20 some people she learned about cultural appro appropriation mm -hmm. she realized and, and learned a lot about like lgbtq plus mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and she told me she's like you can't say that anymore yeah I'm like, I mean, it's, but it's just women's rights, right? Like, yeah. That's so great. I love, I love it. That. Yeah. Because that's it. Like, I feel my, like, I have, we both, we each have both a son and a daughter. And my husband has really changed his language too, which makes me so much more in love with him every day. When he, because he used to say, come on guys, let's go guys. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, but our daughter has a vulva and a cervix and a uterus and you know, breasts one day, like, she's not a guy, she doesn't have a ball, like, balls and dick, you know, like, I really just, like, it really just hit me, you know, like, where I, I want my daughter to grow up in a world where she is being referred to as she is, you know, like, patriarchy is so serious, it's so normalized, and, like, everywhere you look, everywhere, every podcast, every TV show, every commercial, every song, every movie, all your favorite actors, all your favorite, another like, thing that my mind has now been opened up to. I don't, sorry. I don't need another thing that my mind has now been opened up to. Like, I'm like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Not, that's kind of, uh, yeah. sub, it's, it's part of the journey. Like we literally okay. were talking about this earlier today and yesterday we were working on a program, like getting to that point where you feel like it's like a lot and it's like, it's overwhelming because it really is everything. It's everything we've ever known. It's social yeah, the world is conditioning. <laughs> like it's all these things, you know, and I totally feel you. I, I like, yeah. I get there too sometimes and sometimes I have to shut down and I would say to Jordan, I'm like this, I can't, like this doesn't impact, I don't have a direct impact on my life or Which a direct denial and an excuse. No. no. About you not changing your language from guys. No, not for guys. Yeah. For other things. But that's what she's saying. Things. She's saying this particular for thing is like too much for her. But like for things that yeah. like, you know, you feel like. You really cannot control. Yes. That's it. Things that are like out of your control. It's like, it's okay to just, you shut know. Shut like, off. Yeah. And yeah. Handle what you can because yeah. it's a lot. Like, yeah. And, but at the you same time, you can't unknow things. Exactly. You can't unknow things and knowing that saying guys to a group of like different genders or a group of women, like, sorry, but like, not sorry. It's not okay to use the N word. It's not okay to call me a kike because I'm a Jew. It's not okay. Guess what? Now we have knowledge that it's not okay to refer to a group of women as guys because it's not actually who we are. It's not the proper terminology yeah. and it's just become so normalized. So it's like, now that I know that information and I have that information, I don't get offended. You, you started our call with 
hey guys, how's it going, guys? Guys, guys, guys. I'm not, I'm not sitting there offended. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'll have this talk with her, or maybe I won't. But that's not, you know, it's just, it's important that like, at least we have the conversations and we can create the change. And people think that it's like, taking things too far by having this conversation. I'm like, fuck you. If you smoke weed, you can change your language because weed used to be a schedule one drug and entrance drug. It's still stigmatized and you're still dealing with stigmas on a day to day. And we were lied to for so many years about what cannabis is. It's the same thing with patriarchy and us as women, we deserve presence. We deserve voice. We deserve space. We deserve equality and that's why it's not okay to refer to women as guys because that's what we deserve it takes away from who we are and it continues to suppress us okay yeah well, that makes sense like thank you my my daughter she was just she didn't explain it do you know what i'm saying and yeah. so it was kind of like you just can't say that anymore and i'm thinking right right Okay. But like, why can't, why can't we use like the N word anymore? Why can't we use the, the K word anymore? Like, because we realize that these terms come from racism, hate, the war on drugs, they come from negative places. So in order to create change and make the future better for everyone is just to eliminate the things that continue to spread hate and stigma. So would you say what, what you just spoke in a very like, passionate way um <laughs> i didn't mean that like in a, a little bit no but like is that feminism is is that what i think it's equality i like don't think that i think feminism is another word that men created to shame women for trying to have a voice yeah i think like that i stand stigma for equality on its own. yeah <laughs> Like it is, but it sounds like it has stigma. So it's, it's like, oh. yeah, like I'm just fighting for equality. I'm just fighting for like to be called the appropriate yeah. word because I do deserve that. I am an individual and I do have the right to be recognized as such. I don't have a dick, I don't have balls. My incredible, powerful pussy gave birth to two humans. That's the other thing, right? Like using the word pussy. Or like, you know, saying like, oh, you're such a pussy. Like meaning you're weak, you're frail, you can't handle it. Right. Um, no, I think you mean ball sack. Because <laughs> pussies are the most powerful organ on a human body or animal body. They provide life. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's so much ingrained in our language that we don't even recognize and we don't want to because like you said it becomes so overwhelming how many things can we tackle how many things can we change baby girl we could change it all you can have a plastic free home you could eat healthy you could spend seven minutes a day working out you could do affirmations you can change your language and you can smoke weed oh you can do it yeah yeah for sure for real i love it i love it because I, I, that's exactly how I feel. Like I hate working out. I've just started working out since like I've been so, I've been so patient with myself since I've started medicating where before I would just expect perfection every single time. And mm -hmm. I, I have, you know, started over and stopped and started over. And really when I first started medicating and really took care of the mental health part of it and making sure I was 
creating good boundaries with people and especially around the holidays and all of that kind of stuff. But then once I got through that, it was like, okay, now onto the next thing. And then I started walking and then I got a rower and progression. progression. And it's like a natural progression. Yeah. Organic. Yeah. Yeah. I think cannabis allows you and women, we're just, we have so much coming at us, especially moms that we don't have time to digest any of it or work through the feelings of most of it. And I think when, when you, you do, feel, you're, that's a limited belief that you just put up. Well, I think because you do, you do have the ability. That's the point, right? Like that's what we're fighting for. We're fighting to tell you, right. I'm that saying you do have the ability to change. Yeah. You, yeah. But for me, you said, we, we can't, but we can like we're proof. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. But for, yes, I totally get that. Cannabis helps me with that. Yeah. Like it opens up to, it, it opens me up to like feel and. Yeah. What are you laughing at? Oh uh, no, I'm like, the weather's really bad. So I'm just oh, like, oh God. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. We've got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> the weather. Um, no, yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, we do hear you. Yeah, and it's definitely like that's with like cannabis. If you really like let it, it can like help you to sort of like pick up on the places where you're holding yourself back. You know, like yeah. you're saying, like I definitely had like I call myself like a recovering perfectionist, and I used to like think that it was a good thing, and it would make me very like you know onto like details and on top of things and, and work and all and ambitious. Great. Yeah. But then at the same time, I realized that it, like, it was from becoming an entrepreneur, I realized that I was holding myself back and using it as an excuse to not put things out there because I'm like, well, they're not perfect, they're not ready yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what cannabis and doing all that is like self work. You can then realize mm-hmm. the shift how some, some beliefs are really like limiting and we can take back our power and we can find the mm-hmm. time. We have to make the time mm-hmm. to do the self work. Like, it's mm-hmm. really like self work is like, you know, you have to carve out time in the gym. I have to go to the gym every day or I have to work out and I'm going to like mm-hmm. schedule it at this time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the same with doing self-work. And it know? has to be daily. And yeah. if not daily, it's okay to be patient with yourself and put it down and come back to it. But it has to be weekly. There has to be a commitment to yourself because that's like the limiting belief like that I said before. It's like when we say like, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not capable. That is bullshit. That is your brain, which is not your friend. It is, it is diseased thinking, you know, it's, and it's having our community and our coaching program, both those two things that continue to help motivate and inspire and empower you to stay on your journey and me to stay on my journey and to keep us each supported and motivated and know like, you know what, Kristen, it might be really hard today. Put the book down. Don't worry about it. You can come back to it tomorrow, but come back to it tomorrow. Right. The more you believe in yourself and the more you tell yourself, I can, that's what you, that's, what's going to emulate off of you. And I really just want to also tell you that what, how we talk to ourselves is how we talk to our kids, whether we realize it out loud or not. If we tell ourselves, I can't, we're also telling our children that they can't. Yeah. So that's where changing our inner dialogue is super, super, super hard mm-hmm. because especially if you come from you know, a family where there's neglect, where there's, you know, no, no support, no nurture, no this, and you're not given the tools as a child, right. it becomes increasingly more difficult as an adult and a mother with all of these responsibilities mm-hmm. and the stigmas that we fight every day, it becomes really hard to change our internal dialogue. 
but it is 100% possible. I would really love for you to look up Dr. Joe Dispenza, mm -hmm. D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A. He is a doctor who dis discusses the power of the mind and how what you think is what you put out there, right? Like it's, yeah, and it's, it's really just, yeah, how we talk to ourselves is how we talk to our kids. I'm going to leave it at that because I think that that's like a really important point. Um, I'm doing a meditation right now. My very first one, it's Deepak Chopra. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, it's about abundance and just like, because I was raised very like conservative Christian and doing meditation that's led by somebody that doesn't sound American and you know, whatever that just doesn't fall into like how I was raised or religion mm -hmm. or anything. And I'm loving it and it's wonderful. And I think yeah. it, it, it can be a different way to uh, meet with source, whatever your source is. And mm -hmm. um, he talks about just like putting that out there. What, the law of attraction. I don't know. Uh huh. A hundred percent. Yeah. When I started learning about um, meditating in the law of attraction, I finally mm -hmm. understood like religion. I'm like not religious like at all. Same. Um, but I finally understood like what people were doing when they were praying and when they were gathering every week. And I went to a baptism like in the in the height of like my like awakening. I would say I went, I went to a baptism and they had us all like raise our hands and like send love to the mother and the baby. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I, was freaking out. I was like, I get it. It's like, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> but I was just Organized like, religion. But yeah, like yeah. I, get, I get it. And I understand like faith and like community. Yeah. Religion now. It's really, yeah. yeah, yeah it's really manifestation. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around all of that. And I think one of the episodes this season, I'm going to have my friend who is really educated in the law of attraction manifestation um, okay. come on and talk because I have so many questions. I'm like so curious about it and how it works. And um, you know, I've read law of attraction and it's fabulous and I love it. And I've seen how it's changed my life over the last nine months. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really take long. It really doesn't. When you start writing or saying affirmations every day and you manifest things to come to you, it really doesn't take long to happen. It's really quite fascinating. It, for me, it just started living out of a heart of gratitude. That's where it started for me. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm just going to start being more grateful. That's where it started for me too. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's an yeah. easy way to change the like always negative mindset to mm -hmm. positive as starting yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And then cannabis helps with that too. Yeah. <laughs> like cannabis really just takes it from like, oh, the glass is like half empty and like everything sucks to like, it's oh, well, it's half full cool. and here are all yeah. the opportunities and ways that we can make it better. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and I struggle with ADHD. So for me, a lot of times it helps me hone in and focus and like write something. Yeah. Same. Yeah. 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 I, I really like when it helps me be creative. Yeah. yeah. So what can we all do to help end the stigma? Like moms and like moms that are listening to this, shout out to mombers. Woo -woo. Yeah. For 
I mean, the thing that we think can make the most of impact is really the language. I think that's the easiest place to start to really try to refer to it as cannabis instead of, um, you know, weed and pot and marijuana, um, because those are all terms that have a lot of stigma attached to them. And when you say those things right away, the person on the receiving end is thinking like negative things that are associated with that. Um, So hold on, but we can replace those words with cannabis, flower, medicine, plant-based medicines, natural alternative. Yes, that's true. And another one um, is instead of saying, you know, high or like super blitz, you can say that you're elevated or lifted or medicated. Especially if you're a medical user, it's really, that was the first biggest change I said. I said, I'm going to medicate. I'm nicely medicated now. We can go to the store. Yeah. yeah, my Whatever. kids. Yeah, that's it. Mommy's going to use medicine. My yeah. kids look at it. They know mommy's medicine. Don't touch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the language, and I think really coming from a place of like understanding and um, patience with people who haven't been like experienced the benefits for themselves, because like Jordan has mentioned, you know, they're coming from prohibition. It's all negative things that they've heard. Everything that they know about it's cannabis ingrained. is it's it's ingrained mm-hmm. in them, and it's negative. So if you have, you know understanding for that and patience and you take an educational approach and you really you know stick to the facts and the things that you've learned and the way that it like makes you feel then that's like an easier way to branch the conversation than if you feel like you're defending your choices and you know you're trying to change this person's mind that this isn't a bad thing because mm-hmm. then it's like we're on the defensive so that that's not good and your message doesn't get across yeah. yeah yeah and to bring it back to what you said earlier annie is knowing your why is so important yeah, that's it. That's, yeah, that's really what helps you, like, stand against the haters, you know, because it's, like, if you're, if you're not confident when you're doing yourself and why you're doing it, then that, that little voice inside your head is, yeah. like, it's always there, their voice, whatever yeah. it is they're telling you, it's, you know, but when it's you're stronger, still, it's yeah, exactly, and it makes you doubt, and it makes you question things, but when you can really know why you use cannabis, and why it makes you feel better and how it makes you, you be yeah. a good mom. You're more confident. Exactly. You don't care. You don't it's care. It's like it's next level. It's Whatever. like another milestone that you've yeah. just achieved by, yeah. you know, ex- you're accepting the fact that you use cannabis because you know that you use it for this. Nobody can touch that. Yeah. 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 Well, I hope to be as cool as you one day. <laughs> <laughs> wow, gosh darn. I don't think I've ever been called cool before. <laughs> that's awesome Um, well thank you so much for your time today Kristen thank you guys so much for talking so openly and you know this is a boldly honest podcast and you guys fit right in and I just loved our conversation and you know learning new things and it's always just so fun to talk to new people thanks so much for having us us too we really enjoyed it and we love supporting fellow members so thank you for inviting us yeah it is so apparent to me that i really need to work on this hey guys thing because even after jordana and i talked about it i was thanking them at the end thank you guys so much and you guys fit right in oh my goodness so i'm gonna be working on that Anyway, aren't Jordana and Annie very cool women? I really appreciate the things that they had to share, the insight, the fearlessness that they have from owning their story, healing from their story, and then sharing it with others is so inspiring to me. And I just appreciate the community that they've created online with Mother's Mary and appreciate them being trailblazers. 
So I just want to say again, thank you to Annie and Jordana for sharing and coming on the podcast. You can find all the links that we talked about on frankenshipper.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, just under myself, Kristen Reiswig, and on Instagram at Frank and Chipper. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. This helps us build our community and reach more people. And until next time, be enlightened, live your best life, and always stay Frank and Chipper.